0: Talk Radio.
1: Hello, my name is Ryan Miner and you're listening to A Miner Detail. I have a special guest on tonight, uh, Delegate David Vote who is running for Maryland's 6th Congressional District as a Republican. David, if you're with us, welcome.
2: Thank you. How are you doing, Ryan?
1: Good. And uh, we have a Washington County resident who has called in? Who uh, also runs the Washington County Chronicle? Ken Buckler's on the line. Hey, Ken. Good evening. Hey, hey, David. So, <laughs> I saw this website yesterday that you uh, your your campaign created, and I have to tell you, we Eric, uh, he blogged about it on our on our website, and you have got me you got me rolling, and this is like troll level a million. Yet yeah, you bought uh Delaney for Governor two thousand eighteen dot com. So David, what's going on with that? You think he's running for governor or do you think he's running for Congress?
2: Oh, he's trying to do both at the same time. <laughs> but <laughs> and he thinks he's snowballing everybody.
1: And yeah. nobody's
2: calling for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I see that uh on the on this on the website that you created, um It was written that um, approving the Iran deal, trusting Obama on ISIS, killing Western Maryland's economy, none of that will matter when I'm (laughs) I'm in the governor's mansion. You can't blame me for not wanting to represent the 6th District. I don't even live here. (laughs) That's pretty clever. Um, So, David, since you guys created this website, have you gotten some good feedback?
2: Absolutely. I've I've actually gotten it from folks on both sides of the aisle, to be, be completely honest with you it's been great the feedback and it's heard it from people all over the state.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's pretty good. Um <laughs> so one of these things that that governor uh that that he's like taking on governor Hogan, right? So he he's asking him to he's like almost demanding. He bought this big ad or this moving ad around the statehouse. I don't know if you've seen it down in Annapolis, but it's this thing things this big ad that's circling the statehouse. Demanding that Governor Hogan tell people where he stands, and uh, I mean, what do you think about that? Is he is is Delaney wasting his money?
2: Well, we all know well Delaney apparently has more money than he knows what to do with. So why not waste it harassing, trolling the governor on something that has absolutely nothing to do with governing the state of Maryland?
1: <laughs> well, uh, in turn, you trolled him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, like you want to you want to start picking around where you don't belong, then how about you start answering questions for where you're supposed to belong. And that's, you know, with the district you don't represent, even though you you claim to and start being real with the people that elected you. And they can see the true colors of the guy that will hopefully not be there at the end of the year.
1: Uh, We're, we're hoping. And I know that you are, you are, uh, running for this job and you're hoping that, uh, you can take on governor. Uh, governor. Here I am already calling him governor. <laughs> see, see, he's you, the websites confused me so much already that I, here I'm thinking that this guy's already running for governor, but we know he is um, because. And you know, in all fairness, I, I I've I've talked to Congressman Delaney one on one last year, and. For for what it's worth, I really he's a nice person. I don't know David if you've met him one on one, but he's he's actually a decent guy. He he really is.
2: That I I wouldn't argue with it at all. Congressman yeah. Delaney and I have had plenty of conversations at a mutual different playing field. In fact, he was just down here a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago in front of the Western Maryland delegation talking to him about different things. So he and I have plenty of good conversations. And I agree, he's he's a nice guy.
1: He just, mm-hmm. I agree, and I I held out for his vote on the Iran deal, and I interviewed him on this same program, and he he gave very thoughtful answers to my questions. He spent about a half an hour with me, David, and you know I I honestly thought he was going to vote against this deal. In fact, he had cover to do it, uh, given that Ben Cardin had come out against the deal before he decided that he that Delaney was going to vote for it, and so. Um, this deal went down in, in September of last year, and I, I was just really surprised. And you had spoken out against the deal um, on multiple occasions, and I'm assuming your position hasn't changed and you still believe that the Iran deal was an awful thing.
2: Oh, absolutely. It, in fact, I would double down on it, but because now we've mm-hmm. seen multiple occasions where they've, they've breached the, the contract that President Obama signed with them mm-hmm. and put this bad deal into place, so mm-hmm. I, it's even more of a heinous deal than we originally even thought, and yeah, um, I, I was shocked myself to see that Congressman Delaney supported it, and on top of that, not only did he tell you a bunch of things that suggested he might not, but he had the audacity to sit in a synagogue with men and women that he yeah. betrayed.
1: Well, they certainly weren't happy with him. I mean, they had some pointed questions, and they weren't. I, I was going to come in and video the the event, and I was told from the beginning I brought in just my tripod and camera. You know, as I you know when I come to these debates, uh, they said no video. I said, oh, okay, and and I said, what about on my smartphone? And they said no video. This was the the agreed upon rules, and I'm like, oh, that's not my agreed upon rules. But you know, I was I was dis I was disappointed that Congressman Delaney. He took three que- or six questions, just about, and um, you know, I, you got a sense that he he thought out the deal, but he did not. Maybe he didn't at the time know where he was going to fall down on, but it just didn't make any sense for him to vote for this. And the constituency, there's a there's a there's a large Jewish constituency in the sixth district, um, especially down here in Montgomery County where I live. Um, and I know that many of the many of those constituents expressed extreme disappointment in the congressman's decision to vote on that deal.
2: You're absolutely right. Large portion of that constituently that are you know directly and personally tied to that decision in a lot of ways are part of his base. It's oh. one of the huge reasons that he is vulnerable this year, and that deal is going to hurt him. And I'm going to make sure it does.
1: Um yeah um so I want to go back to Delaney and uh the website that you got what why do you think it is that Congressman Delaney was trying to force Governor Hogan's hand on where he stands on Donald Trump I mean look I, I the governor supported Chris Christie in the primary and then Chris Christie dropped out and you know I was there in New Ham- I was actually in New Hampshire when the governor came up, I didn't see Governor Hogan, but I did get to see uh, Governor Christie. And you know, I, I I have some disagreements with Governor Christie, but uh, you know, I think he ran a a decent campaign. And Governor uh, Christie also came to Maryland, and you remember well, David. He gave us a lot of help down here, and we and helped us get uh Governor Hogan elected back in 2014.
2: He absolutely did. Yeah,
1: and you know, I think. <laughs> Compared to to Hillary Clinton, um, Governor Christie often often made the case that there would be no better person to prosecute the case against Hillary Clinton, and it's probably true. I mean, he was a former prosec- federal prosecutor, and he he often told the story about coming to work. Um, the, after 9-11, and, and then he ran for governor, and yeah, it made it made sense for Governor Hogan to endorse Governor Christie, but yeah, now that he dropped out, there's this thing like, oh, okay, so are you going to support Trump or not, given these Republican nominee? So what do you think Delaney's strategy is? I mean, do you think it's, he's getting good political advice, David?
2: I don't think that it... If there's political advice that went into that decision, it is Horrible vice for multiple reasons. One of which is it, it makes it very clear that all of the theories and rumors that he was planning on mounting an effort against Governor Hogan in 2018 is pretty obvious now, because otherwise he has absolutely no business in or around Annapolis, especially advertising. And that makes it clear what his priorities are: that he'd rather become a governor and get elected again instead of legislating. Congress like he was elected to do, and represent the people of Western Maryland like he's failed to do on so many different occasions, from the Iran deal to his war on coal to not living in the district. I mean, the list goes on, and as you said, you can see some of those, the most heinous portions of that on the website. And the other side of it that it was just an absolutely absurd decision on his part is Governor Hogan is extremely popular. Oh, yes. And it goes across all lines. He was elected to start getting Maryland going back the right direction and rebuilding, and he's doing just that, and he's got the support of a insane amount of people considering the state we live in. And for Congressman Delaney to launch a, an attack that absurd on him is just mind-boggling. And, yeah. it, you know, I don't know why he would do something like that.
1: Well, I think that if if you weren't running for an office, um, and and unless he's trying to stay in the spotlight, because I don't think Congressman Delaney really hasn't been uh, on the front lines in Congress. Uh, he's not very well known outside of the state of Maryland, and um, I, I think that in this campaign season, he has an opponent uh, whose name is Tony Puka. And he's been a long-time Democratic activist, and my understanding is is that Tony Puka is getting around the uh, the district, and he's making serious inroads. And you know, I don't know if Tony's going to be able to beat the Delaney um, in the primary, but he is doing his best. I got to tell you, he's uh, he's all over the place, and uh, he sort of aligns with the Bernie Sanders wing. And of course, I I have disagreements with Tony, and I've I've met and talked to Tony one-on-one and he's been a very pleasant guy and uh i actually like him a lot and uh you know and i like congressman delaney but uh what i think we really need is a republican to represent this district and uh i know that you are uh you're certainly working hard and uh and i want to talk uh we'll, we'll we'll go back and forth between the website that you bought which is delaney for I got to tell you once again, funny stuff. That's a that is a troll and a half right there, David. That's that was a clever move, uh, and uh, I, I hope that you're getting some good feedback. But so, David, what's um on the campaign front? You've been you know you've been in Annapolis and you're working hard and doing doing some great things for the state of Maryland. But uh, talk, let's talk about your campaign. What's happening on that front?
2: It's staying extremely busy going between making sure to take care of business out here in Annapolis and getting back into the 6th District at different events. We've had the various debates. I'm going to have to buy a new pair of boots to wear. They're going to be <laughs> worn out from going back and forth from the halls of Annapolis straight back to door knocking and meeting voters and going to the debates. But it's it's picking up steam. We're
3: yeah. Now a uh... lot
2: of folks
1: i mean you're right, you're running you're running as an authentic conservative in this race and you make no bones about it and you've uh you know you've done you've done extraordinarily well in these debates uh, you 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 have a level head um you you thoroughly answer the questions um uh, i've been really impressed by the way that you've um you've handled yourself and now the you know the debate started back in january and um yeah, they, You know, this. The, the debates have highlighted some obvious differences that you have with some of your opponents. So yes. – uh, What, four uh,
2: debates in? Our fifth one is coming this Saturday in Garrett County? Yeah. And, you know, I've pointed out the debates, and I don't think anybody would argue that whomever comes out of this primary is definitely going to be better for the sixth district, considering for all extents and we have no representation. We've got a guy running for governor. Um but there there are some points that the debates have allowed us to talk about issues and policy matters, and some of the candidates have not been able to provide a lot of insight i I, I try to make sure to do my homework and to to know what I'm talking about. The you know, last thing we need is somebody that doesn't you know aspiring with blank We got to have someone that's prepared educated on the issues and going in and ready to actually get in there and do a job and help give Western Maryland a voice. And uh, <laughs> yeah. at, at the end of the day, we also need someone that's going to have the ability to stand next to John Delaney on a stage in May, August, November, whatever the case may be, if he's willing to step up to a debate and go toe-to-toe with him and make people realize that we don't need this guy.
1: Well, I think it's one noticeable characteristic about your campaign that you're unafraid to take the congressman on. and And I'm not saying that your opponent's are not, and many of them have taken on Congressman Delaney, but you've, you've brought the fight directly to him, and you have pointed out on many occasions, not only at the debate, but in, and in other areas where you're campaigning around the district, um, you've pointed out specifics, um, meaning that you've talked about policy, where you have serious disagreements, and we talked about one earlier in this evening, which is um, the Iran deal, and there are many others, but when you go up to – we're going to be in Garrett County this weekend, um, and those folks up there, it is so markedly different atmosphere, and it's it's a world of difference between Garrett County all the way down to Montgomery County where I live. I mean look, I, Kim and I live in North Potomac. We we shouldn't even be in the 6th District. I mean the 6th District should not go this far, and that's a result of the Democrats gerrymandering that, and I know that you guys down in Annapolis – and our governor, he's he's doing a great job of working so we can redraw these congressional districts and have fair representation.
2: Exactly, and that's one of the major issues that I believe we'll be able to continue to be proactive and work on a common sense answer instead of the you know, crayon drawings that we ended up with <laughs> for the congressional district maps. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, like you just said, Montgomery County... Doesn't fit in the district, and its lines could have been far better drawn. And there's, and, but that to say is, it's still part of the district, and there's still a large portion of Montgomery County that this sitting congressman doesn't even represent anymore. Oh yeah, and that. But there are differences in policy issues that are very important too. Montgomery County, Frederick County, Washington, and Garrett, out It's different from each county. And that's one of the other elements that we've seen in the four debates so far, and I believe it will also come up Saturday, is you've got to know what those differences are. Okay. And that that definitely marks a difference between the candidates and the primary because not everyone has the knowledge on what those differences are to be able to actually get their finger on the pulse and win the hearts and minds of everybody in each of these counties because they're all important and all five of the counties that are in the district but also to highlight that that the lady doesn't know what's important in each of these counties
1: um yeah i my our friend ken buckler who is from who lives up in washington county he's on the line and um you know ken have you have you watched or listened to some of these debates i don't think i've seen you at one but have you caught them on youtube or anything like that
4: uh I've listened to uh bits and pieces of them. Um unfortunately, you know, my work keeps me pretty busy trying to run my own business at the same time mm-hmm. as uh doing the uh, cybersecurity for uh a federal agency.
1: Yeah. So well, uh Ken, you know, yeah. you have we have Delegate Vote on on the line here and he's he's talking about the congressional campaign and as a constituent yeah. uh Ken, you are you, you're not a registered Republican anymore, right?
4: That is correct, uh I actually this past year uh I switched from Republican to libertarian
1: yeah oh, well, uh there's many libertarian issues at stake, and yes. uh you know and and I think they they coincide with conservative and, and libertarian issues, but you know can now that you you know we have delegate vote on the line um you know what what are you looking for in a representative up in Washington County? What What are the kind of things that uh, right. you'd you'd like to see? Uh, you know, if Delegate Vote would go on and become the nominee um, from the primary, and then represent the Republican Party. Um, you know, even though that you're a Libertarian, would yeah would, would Delegate Vote be someone that you could vote for in the general?
4: Well, you, you know, I, I have to say I kind of agree with what you said
0: before in
4: that, you know, I, I think that definitely probably whoever we end up getting uh as a republican candidate is probably going to be a much better candidate than than uh the incumbent um you know now i have i've met delaney as well uh delaney's a a nice guy uh however i do have a lot of concerns with his uh views towards individual liberties uh especially his views towards uh firearms Mm -hmm. so for example I uh H. R. forty two sixty nine, the assault weapons ban of
1: twenty fifteen.
4: Yeah. Uh Delaney co sponsored that.
1: Well, let's let um, David vote. We, we uh, have
4: David, a serious we, issue there.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. And and delegate vote, you, you know, Ken just brought up a great point. Um do you think that your I mean, do you think that your stance on Second Amendment issues um are are much different than Congressman Delaney's?
2: Absolutely. Congressman Delaney wants to join the President Obama bandwagon what Martin O'Malley horribly in Maryland and continue to restrict our Second Amendment rights. And I have a target of a terrorist that I put 48 caliber rounds 50 times into on my door in Annapolis. That's the first thing people see when they come <laughs> to my office. That's, That's awesome. That pretty much draws the line in the sand. That is very awesome.
1: Uh you know, Delegateville, you're going to be up in uh, – well, you're going to be all over the place, but this weekend especially. You're going to be up in the western half of western Maryland. What, is, what are their concerns? What are you hearing on the ground? What is it that they want from a United States congressman?
2: They want someone that's going to give them hope again. That's one of the most dilapidated parts of the state that has seen jobs run away because of bad policies. Day after day, hand over fist, and they they want someone that's invested in helping rebuild and revitalize the community out there. And what one of the major policies that the congressman himself has been leading is the coal industry is absolutely enormous. It, it built those mm-hmm. communities, and he's been single-handedly trying to help the president in destroying it. And ad- adversely, what what I've been part of and a lot of my colleagues from that area is finding ways to bring manufacturing job credits, bringing biotech industries that want to grow out there and giving them job opportunities to to put new innovative businesses in the area that's gonna provide new jobs and allow them to continue to grow again
1: yeah i it it's certainly an issue um so you know what else what else uh, aside from aside from there's a clear problem we have out in western Maryland and it's called jobs. Therefore, I'm interested to know that, you know, recently Hillary Clinton made a really bad statement, didn't she? a Delegate vote about coal. Yes, she did.
2: Uh, you know, she's she's so, just going to follow on the policies of the current administration.
1: Well, so my question to John Delaney and I posed this question on his social media and not, not to mean to, to heckle him or anything, but when is Congressman Delaney going to renounce his support for Hillary Clinton?
2: That's a great question. And you know <laughs> what we should do? We should uh-huh. uh, get a billboard and ask him that question, except we're going to put it in front of his office in the 6th Congressional District.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that he hasn't, I think he has an office in Washington County. I'm not sure about Frederick County. Um, but I know he has I an office in.
2: Hager, Hagerstown and um,
1: Northern Montgomery County. Okay. Yeah, he's I guess it's in Gaithersburg. Um, you know, when you go to Congress and you know, you win this primary and you go on to beat uh Congressman Delaney, w- would you have an office out in Western Maryland?
2: Absolutely. That's good. I'm going to put an office everywhere we can get an office.
1: Yeah. That's and that's what constituents want. They want to be able to have access to their US Congressman. They want to be able to go to their office talking, you know, they have an issue with social security. Or veterans' benefits, um, or they need help with Medicare. That's what that's what members of Congress. I mean, that's the nuts and bolts of what they're going to do, aside from what they do out of their Washington office, and that's the basic legislative office. But I think it's I think the 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 field offices are even more important because that's where you directly interact with constituents, uh, day in and day out, and where the casework occurs. So. Um, I'm glad to hear that you're going to have an office up – you would have an office up in Western Maryland. Um, So (laughs) I want to talk – let's talk a little bit about the debates, Um, and you've been through a few of these things. Um, So you had the first one in uh, Montgomery County, and that was back in January. And then you had – the next one I believe was in Washington County. Then they had the Frederick debate. And then they had the Allegheny Tea Party debate. Now you're going to have one this Saturday at Garrett College, that's hosted by the Garrett County Republican Central Committee with Dr. Tom uh, Sheehan and Ruth Umble uh, moderating. And then you're going to have a Poolsville debate. So um, the, the 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 remaining the remainder uh, debates. Um, what do you what do you think? I mean, do you think that these debates will continue to highlight? The differences between the candidates and there obviously is there is differences between the candidates and and I think you've you've touched upon that during the debates
2: I I think that we've seen a lot of the differences come out in these first four debates two more the one on Saturday and Garrett and then
1: Poolsville on the
2: 7th I believe it is next week and I think there's still opportunities that we'll be able to see and highlight some of the differences but what I really feel is important and what I plan on going into these debates with is what really needs to be said and noticed is exactly how we're going to defeat John Delaney and how we're going to go in there and point the areas that he has failed out and take it to him because that's what needs to be known by the voters is who's going to win in November and we know enough about each of the candidates. It's time for someone to draw the line in the sand and say enough is enough that you know, you know these policy areas. I'll answer any policy question anybody wants to ask. But I'm also going to give you a strategy of how we're going to beat John Delaney and why he's bad for Maryland, mm-hmm. not just yeah. Western Maryland. He's bad for Maryland overall, but especially our sixth congressional district.
1: No, I, I think you're right on, um, and I, I, I want to applaud you because you've you've kept your, a level head. And some of these debates have sort of been wacky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know without mentioning any names uh you know i one of the candidates actually yelled at me in the audience and i'm like okay well and that's that's not going to happen again and
0: uh i hope that
1: yeah i mean i made the mistake of responding to that guy but uh i've also noticed david that you know you drive in and out of uh the uh the district all the time and you know up in you live up in frederick county but um there's a uh, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of uh <laughs> I see one candidate signs all over the place and I'm not sure they're quite legal. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. I I'm just not sure that they're placed on properties where this person got permission.
2: I haven't heard of one that's
1: legally placed
2: yet. Not to mention <laughs> none of them have any uh FCC regulation guidelines on them.
1: Um well, and in and and that particular person has sort of been um an interesting, an interesting character um, in the debates, uh, and you know, the first debate was it had all the media, the press there in Montgomery County, and uh, it was it was defined by the abortion question, and um, and I think there's some noticeable differences between some policy right there, and would would you agree?
2: Yes, I, I agree completely. that there, that's probably one of the most Pronounced areas that we've seen in the debates,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I I think it's come up in all four so far. That, that is one of the areas that there's a big difference between uh, some of the candidates in the primary.
1: Um, and 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 that's an issue. Do you think that's an issue that is um very important on the minds of voters in in, in Maryland and in the sixth district?
2: It's it's an issue that we don't hear openly discuss a lot in national politics anymore. We heard it early on in the Republican primary debates with the presidential race, but it by and large it's not discussed a lot. Really something that should be. Seventy one percent of voters, this is both parties, believe mm-hmm. we should have stricter laws. Seventy one percent. That's a landslide on every level of market. And that's something that needs to be concerned if it doesn't always need to be the only thing we talk about because there's plenty of policy issues that are very prevalent and important, but it isn't one that should be pushed under the rug.
1: Um, well, yesterday the the abortion issue was brought up again in a in a really big way, um, and there was a there was some news that broke, and Donald Trump had sat down with Chris Matthews from MSNBC who I should mention that um, Chris Matthews' wife, Kathleen Matthews, is running in the 8th Congressional District, and they've tried to fool us to say that Chris Matthews' job at MSNBC has no effect on her, on Kathleen Matthews' campaign, and I just call that absolute BS. Uh, come on, really? You know, give me a break. Uh, but the the abortion issue was brought up again yesterday, and and I just want to I want to put this into context. Um, Donald Trump, ha- he got into a discussion with Chris Matthews, and I think Chris Matthews asked the leading question. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out exactly what Trump said, as I do with a m- couple of his statements. Um, but I'm still trying to figure out that does if he believes whether women who get an abortion should be punished for that action or whether women who get an illegal abortion should be, should be you know, receive some sort of punitive action from that. And I think what Donald Trump actually said was women who have an illegal abortion should, some, should face some sort of penalty or criminal penalty. Um, I don't know, David. Did you, did you listen to that interview? Did you hear what Donald Trump had to say?
2: I've heard the statement and some of the responses to it. I didn't hear it live. In fact I was this afternoon was when I heard a lot of it. In fact it was wrapped around his uh beating with the RNC that so I heard it.
1: Yeah. Well um I I it's it's sort of and, and that might be an issue. I don't know. It could be brought up during the next debate. Um but I mean what are you what are your thoughts on that?
2: I think our biggest It's got to be the people that are perpetrating crime. It's the doctors that are committing these crimes, especially Mm -hmm. illegal, illegal abortions. We are way beyond any time in medical history, or even in this conversation, since the Supreme Court ruled 40 years ago that there's illegal abortions happening, and that is what the I think Donald Trump's focus should have been on is the criminals that are perpetrating the crime.
1: Well, I, I agree. Um, and w- look what happened to Kermit Gosnell. I mean, that's a perfect example. I mean, that guy was disgusting. Uh, that, you know, and, and he was met with justice. Um, and, and, and that was put to a stop. And I, I'm assuming you have watched the Planned Parenthood videos. And I don't know if, if you did, and I'm, I'm assuming you did. But I was outraged when I watched those videos
2: yes absolutely. i didn't have to get very far in before i'd seen more than i need to see I have a father I have a father with a 5-year-old and a
1: 3-year-old son. Yeah. it's
2: heartbreaking it
1: is absolutely heartbreaking i couldn't watch it i really i i just i i couldn't i couldn't do it i mean it was it was shocking um but you know i want to you know i know that governor hogan has has you know back to delaney hogan here but you know thinking thinking about how Governor Hogan has played this out. Um, many people do want to know, you know, if Donald Trump is the Republican nominee, can he count on our vote? And with me, um I have a lot of policy disagreements with governor Hogan or with 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 Donald Trump. Um, and, you know, as a party, we come together and we support the eventual Republican nominee, and just you know, any one of the candidates that are running minus one candidate in the sixth congressional district. I would feel comfortable. So seven out of the eight, I would feel comfortable, more than comfortable, voting for, you know, whether it be yourself, Frank Howard, Ami Hober, Terry Baker, Scott Chang, uh, Chris Mason, uh, Harold Painter, and uh, oh, I'm missing one, but that was intentional. Uh, so, you know, I I think that 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 there's this 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 pressure that. Glenny is intentionally mounting to say, "Oh, you're going to support Donald Trump if he's and, and Governor Hogan actually spoke out and said maybe not. You know, I don't and and but I think you guys in Annapolis have far more things to worry about than being harassed on where you're going to stand on the presidential race i mean you guys are down in annapolis you're busy this is like you know you're busy with legislation committee hearings you're you're going to lots of meetings i mean come on i mean give me a break john delaney you're you're out here telling governor hogan to take his focus off of his job and governor Hogan's just like he doesn't miss a beat he hasn't missed a beat given his last year it's pretty impressive i gotta tell you very impressive
2: just to go through what he did in his personal life and to still be able to focus on doing his job, he's been unwavering. I think so. It's a distraction that we definitely do not need to have a congressman parading around with a big old billboard, which honestly to me, I've tried to go between meetings, go to the floor, and we've got this billboard blocking the way to get into the chamber to do what we're here to do. The people's work. We don't want or need that distraction here. And it just... Highlights and exemplifies the fact that she's apparently distracted from doing what he was elected to do.
1: Well, um, you know, it looks like Hillary Clinton, uh, she's going to be the Democratic nominee, you know, unless she's indicted, which (laughs) it looks like it's increasing every day. That that that's I'm not even joking. I think that's a serious possibility. The FBI is wrapping up that investigation. And 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 David, you know, you look at her the server issue um I people have have been indicted for a lot less than what have hillary you know and Hillary Clinton is still gone free i mean w- wouldn't you agree
2: oh absolutely we've seen people that have been thrown to jail faster than she's been able to get through this just getting indicted, and it's shocking that she has not she's been able to tiptoe and avoid it probably by large by and large by her you know buying political favors and it's absolutely respectful that she's been able to avoid it.
1: And and Congressman Delaney has openly embraced Hillary Clinton. He held a fundraiser for the Clintons at their at her at his house. He held yeah, back in 2000 and I guess 12 when when Congressman Delaney was first running. I believe he he had um he had Bill Clinton's uh endorsement. So what does that tell you? Congressman Delaney, it's sort of interesting that he's calling on Hogan, um, who hasn't even endorsed Trump at all, to, to denounce him, yet he's already actively and openly embracing Hillary Clinton, who could be well on her way to a federal jail cell, um, and yet he is – you know, he sees no problem with his support for Hillary Clinton. So I think that's going to be a real problem because I know a lot of people. We know – between you and me, um, you go up in Frederick County West you know Washington, Allegheny, and Garrett those people they aren't voting for Hillary Clinton. that's for sure absolutely not so you know, I, I i just sort of think it's hypocritical for i think it's I think it's really hypocritical in fact that um, John Delaney is making this argument, and uh, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen at our convention. I mean, David, you, you know, between, and I know you're busy, but, um, I mean, do you, what do you think? I mean, what's going to happen at this convention? I mean, it's going to be, this is wild. I mean, we haven't seen this, this type of, uh, sort of division in our party for years.
2: It's definitely an aphorism that is mind-boggling, but it really gives us an accurate depiction of what the state we are as a party and as a nation, really, for that matter, that we're going to go see an open convention, is what they're calling it now, because they they don't like the word contested for whatever reason, and it's anybody's guess. I I would be shocked if there's not a significant amount of Las Vegas oddsmakers trying to make money on what happens in this convention, and it's going to be extremely interesting to see play out.
1: Are you gonna are you gonna have the opportunity to travel to Cleveland and, and watch this?
2: I'm hoping to. I'm looking forward to definitely the the convention coming up and my my hope and prayer I guess is to be able to be there as a Republican nominee for Congress helping us figure out who our presidential nominee is gonna be. <laughs>
1: yeah, you and me both. Uh and I I, I think it's uh, you know, who knows? I don't know what's gonna happen. I've I've actually never been to a national convention before. I've been to a statewide convention, um, and I've watched them. You know, since I've been interested in politics, I've you I, I've watched the fanfare. Um, you know, from from 2008 that convention, and then uh, when Romney was nominated in in 12. But uh, you know, there's a lot of fans out there of Donald Trump, and there's a lot of fans out there of Ted Cruz. Um and to be perfectly honest with you, Cruz is, was not my favorite, but I think that um he's certainly conservative and he's someone that I believe would be pretty good on on some Liberty issues. But, you know, if I don't know what's gonna happen. Um but uh I it's gonna be wild to watch. It really is. This has been a this has been like the crazy train election cycle. It really <laughs> it has. Um, but, you know, David, I think Western Maryland is certainly a microcosm of the rest of the country. And you've been out, you've been campaigning, you've been talking to people on the ground. Uh, you've had the, you, know, you interact with a lot of people. People are frustrated with government. People are just frustrated that they don't, they don't listen. So, you know, talk about that. What do you, what, what, what are people telling you? Um, you know, and why is it that, you know, someone like Donald Trump, who's for all sense of the word, an unconventional His candidacy, you know, maybe in other cycles wouldn't have played as well. But, um, you know, why do you think it is in this cycle that that Trump's getting such a strong following?
2: One of the answers I get when I hear and talk to people about it is they're sick and tired of politicians that won't give a straight answer or that tiptoe around political correctness to address policy issues and they want someone that's no-nonsense, that means you're tearing down a wall in the process, and you're going to go in and get a job done. And whether or not that's true with Donald Trump or not, because we won't know that until he ever actually has an opportunity to actually do something, but he talks like that's what he's going to do. And that's what people love. They want somebody that's willing to do that. And that's why he's picked up so much fanfare.
1: Yeah. People... People have rallied around his candidacy, and I think that it's true. When we address um, problems with national security, why is it that we have come so far in this country on technology defeating uh, – in our attempt to defeat ISIS? But I should say incidentally, parenthetically, the president of the United States has no real plan to defeat ISIS, and I don't know if you've seen it, but I certainly haven't.
2: If he has it, it's a secret plan that he hasn't shared with anybody, and that be work adverse to that every day.
1: Yeah, but you know we have there's there's so many issues. But why is it that we're we're afraid to say radical Islamic extremism? We're not targeting all Muslims, um, and you know I'm sensitive to that. I, I have friends who are Muslims and uh, who who practice the original the the religion of Islam. And some of the things that Donald Trump has said, I, I don't agree with. But um, you know, I think we we have to be at a, at a point in this country to address the problem and and who is behind these mass killings. Um, and and it is radical Islamic extremism. Why is it we have got to a point in our country we've arrived at this point where we are so daggone afraid to address it head on? I mean, is it is that a symptom? A political correctness, David?
2: I think that definitely has a play in it. It's, there's the major sentiment is don't say anything that's going to offend anybody.
3: Yeah.
2: And when you come out straight call a spade a spade with it's radical Islamist terrorists, then they're afraid or you're automatically assumed that you're just a racist against all people that is Islam. And I agree with you completely. I served in uniform with men and women that that's their belief system that would never, in their wildest dreams, support this type of terrorism. And that, but there's so many that would rather tiptoe around it because of the political correctness nightmare. It's always about you know take watching out for somebody else's feelings. Like last wow. time I checked, well, you're in a war feelings isn't what's taken into factor it's whether or not you live or die and you're protecting the very freedoms that people died so that they could be there and political correctness has no place in that and if it's radical islamic terrorism that we've got to confront like isis and go so far as to declare war on them then that's what we've got to do and that's like you and i just said a moment ago that's one of the reasons that Donald Trump has gotten a lot of support is because he's very straightforward with it and i agree with you that he goes further than i ever would and i don't agree with some of that but a lot of people like it
1: they do and you know it's it, it many of people in our country you know they're not they're not policy experts and that's fine but they they do generally you know Donald Trump says something and they react, um, but there's many things that I disagree with Donald Trump about, um, and, and namely it's, it's I guess it's his style and about how he addresses issue. I believe that Trump does not sometimes think through his policy positions, and he sort of just blurts out whatever and doesn't realize that there's – or takes into the totality of the full policy idea, but he does make a good point in that political correctness has destroyed this country. And if we can't address the problem head on with the concern of, you know, we, we can't offend this person or that person, then um, quite frankly, we're not going to be able to solve this problem. And the problem is we have a terrorism problem being orchestrated by radical Islamic extremism, and that has to be dealt with. And David, you you put a bill in... Um, this, uh, during this legislative session um, that deals with um, mosques and terrorism involved with mosques. Can you just talk a little bit about that and, and what it means and what the context of the bill is?
2: Well, the bill is a homegrown terrorism prevention act, and it targets any form of terrorism. It, it was largely part of the conversation became mosques because the release and the introduction of the bill was, you know, coincided with President Obama coming to the mosque in Baltimore that has known prioritized to supporting acts of terrorism and so that became the control of a lot of the what the liberal media or the far left wing wanted to just label me a racist and that's what it was all about but it was more than that it was targeting any form of terrorism right now our most prevalent form of that that we see is radical Islamic terrorism. You can't yeah. can't tiptoe around that. Yes, that's part of it. But it was to take the tax exempt status away from any organization that may be non profit that are getting a tax shelter from anyone that has no mm-hmm. indirect or direct ties to supporting forms of terror. And that would apply to more than just my if there was a circumstance in which it happened.
1: Right. Right. Um, David, I don't I don't somebody had just called in, um, from four one eight two nine 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 and if this person's on the line, I just want to welcome them. And if caller, if you want to introduce yourself, go ahead.
0: Hey, this is
1: Brandon. How are you, Ryan? Brandon. Brandon. Last name, Brandon. Frazier. Oh, hey, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. How, Brandon are how are you doing? You?
0: Good. Hey, um, I just had a question for Delegate Vote. Uh, having served, over, having served uh, recently in the war on terror, um, how would you kind of sum up the – the origin of ISIS or the um, the growth of ISIS, and, and how, it, how would you uh, in Congress advocate to defeat them? Does that mean boots on the ground for you? And, and if so, in what order of magnitude?
2: Well, I can tell you from, first of all, the answer on where ISIS came from. They, it's an exploded version of what we saw with the leadership in the Taliban and qaeda and it, it, their leadership we created a vacuum that grew out of a lot of the turmoil out there and is now known as ISIS. It's not a different in me. It's just a grown,
0: mutilated version.
2: Here, I'll put it in a kind of slightly uh, dramatic term. I, I just saw this Batman versus Superman doomsday in there. When you attacked him, he grew and got larger if you didn't kill him. And that's what happened. We didn't kill them when we got into these wars. We didn't have a proper strategy to do that, and it exploded and turned into ISIS. And as far as how we go about doing that, there are a number of ways that it can be addressed. The first and foremost has got to be we've got to stop tiptoeing around whether or not we're at war with ISIS. We declare war on ISIS. For me, as I I wear my combat boots in Annapolis, most people that have gotten to know me know, I wear them everywhere I go because I'm just furthering my service to the country. Putting boots on the ground is absolutely the last answer. We have got to explore all options first, and that starts with going to our allies and coming up with a force together on how we're going to address this. It's going to be sanctions, then it starts with sanctions. It's going to be putting you know, air attacks into where we know their strongholds are at, where their weapons bases are at, it'll be unfunded stuff. All of those areas. Cannot be effectively done if we're not putting a burden on our allies to step up to the plate. Because as of yet, to this date, we are carrying the lion's share of the burden of fighting this. Got to get them all together. And I part of what I did in Afghanistan was detainee operations within ISAF, which is the NATO branch that's been kind of running the Afghanistan operations. And so I've been in the room with these other forces that they. By and large, their interests are the same, but that's the ones on the ground. The leadership we're not holding them accountable, and that's because we don't have a president that actually knows what that means.
0: So you uh, do you believe or do you buy into what Kasich, what John Kasich says about uh, building the coalition, um, you know, like former President Bush did? Um, it, I mean, it sounds like you're advocating a course like that before carpet bombing the crap out
2: of everything. I mean, uh, what is that before carpet bombing that? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Anybody that believes that our intelligence agencies and the intelligence that the international forces has, doesn't have enough info to be able to effectively erode their foundation and how they're operating is absolutely absurd. There's, but we're not holding them to the fire to say we got to do this together and yeah. because we don't have a leader that knows how to do that, nor do we have a leader that seems to even be interested in doing that. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks. Appreciate
0: it.
1: Brandon, Absolutely. hey, thanks so much for, for calling in. And we have somebody else calling in. I believe it is Christian. Hi, Christian.
3: Hey, what's going on?
1: Good. Did you have a question for Delegate David Vogt?
3: Uh, It's not necessarily a question per se. I'm just wondering if uh, he will continue to wear his boots if he actually makes up there in Congress as opposed to what he's doing up there in Annapolis right now.
2: Absolutely. I'll be wearing them every day.
3: And uh, the actual question is, it's pretty much the same question I had when um, I actually saw you in person. And what I'm concerned about is why not just stay up in Annapolis and be that voice on the hill? And that's a tough one And I know you answered me fully when we were in person, but now we're actually on the radio, so I, I love my job. Possibly... In Annapolis. And I fully believe
2: that it is important to continue to have those people here in Annapolis advocating and fighting for us. And we're we're going in the right direction with Governor Hogan and more Republicans than we've ever had in the history of the state. And I believe fully that if we're fortunate enough to win this election, That we're going to continue to have that, and we're going to make sure there's another delegate here that's going to continue that fight. Where we're lacking is we don't have that type of voice on Capitol Hill, and I, you can't choose when election cycles happen. It's the call, the call to duty, and that's what we've got to get on Capitol
3: Hill sooner rather than later. I just love your Call of Duty that you've done on Common Core and trying to dismantle that already mm-hmm. up there in Annapolis, mm-hmm. and I feel like you could do a lot better strides there in Annapolis than fighting in the Congress run. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's, a, that's just my my point of view, and, and I I'd, I'd love to see concealed carry actually happen in Annapolis and get that going down the pike through Maryland. Those are like strivable fights. Those are strivable fights instead of being up in Congress and trying to legislate there. State level first And we got you there Stay <laughs> But yeah I understand I understand you want To try and do the Congress run And and, and try and put that forth So I basically said my piece And yeah we, We've we've talked this Quite a bit <laughs> Well uh, done to to Christian, Christian and, Say what uh, now I, I... I said ahead, it's David. always good to talk to you It's always good to talk with you David
1: Christian, if you wanna hang on, I still have Ken Buckler and we have about uh six and a half minutes, but um, Ken, uh you have a, you had a you had a question for uh delegate vote and uh it it was revolving around yeah. uh cybersecurity.
4: Yes, yes. So uh so Delaney's predecessor, uh, Roscoe Bartlett, uh one of the things that I absolutely loved about uh Mr Bartlett was his views on Trying to protect national infrastructure from EMPs, cyber attacks, Carrington events. Um, you know, since his departure from Congress, I've definitely seen a very large void in that no one seems to be picking up his work. Would you be willing to pick up his work in that trying to protect our critical infrastructure from cyber attacks and EMPs?
2: We've we definitely got to continue some of the efforts that congressman bartlett had really was a pioneer for and hardening our system and our infrastructure so that god forbid something were to occur whether it's an emp or a solar flare we talked to congressman bartlett about them, that one of the deadliest things that could happen is that the power grid shut down and we don't have any way to to revitalize it and hardening our infrastructure will allow us to do that and it's something that we do need to be able to address, and I agree with the congressman. I've had conversations with him on that note. And as far as the cybersecurity, I mean, we've seen in a ton of different ways with you know, getting hacked, and just on the privacy side of what that's responded to do with it. That is a very, very vulnerable, you know, spot that we've got to you know, have an answer for. Ken.
4: That, you know, I, I absolutely agree. But, I mean, you know, like I said, I am a federal contractor. Uh, I do cybersecurity for a federal agency. I'm not going to mention which agency, but I can tell you I am on the front lines, and I do see the agency struggling. And, you know, I, I really would love to see, you know, improvements in that area, you know, get the agency's help. I mean, there there are some efforts out there right now. Uh, there's a, a effort that DHS has called the C D M prove uh continuous monitoring. But I really think there is a lot more that needs to be done.
2: And I agree. uh,
1: uh David, uh you know you have about um what, twenty twenty six days? <laughs> Tomorrow I think that's like the twenty six day count countdown. What are what are you going to be focusing on in the uh the last few weeks?
2: Connecting personally with as many voters as possible. Whether well, that's that a goal. Something. Absolutely. And so, time, it's a dash to the finish line. Continuing the hard work, going to finish strong and make sure that we continue the people's work at all that. Uh, we're going to have 11 days left in the legislative session, and we're going to do this simultaneously to getting out and talking to every single voter
1: possible. Now, let me ask you are you on. Do you have any. I. I don't know what candidates are doing as far as media, and to be honest with you, I don't even watch TV that much, Um, but do you have any ads on TV or mailers or anything like that?
2: We've got mail that's been going out, and we've got mobile and uh, targeting online. We've got done televisions to a a huge extent, but we do have things in place that once the opportunity avails we'll be there. But really, we've seen both in my successful run for the House of Delegates and what's worked thus far in the campaign is getting directly into people's homes, which today is really digital. And that's helping out a lot, and it's an effective way to get in front of folks, and that's what we've been able to use so successfully so far.
1: Yeah, digital ads are (laughs) great, and uh, they – they they make their way into your smartphone, and uh, I've actually seen your ads, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the wave of the future, and that's why that's why Barack Obama, you know, he ran a very successful um, tactical, you know, ta- on the on tactical level, he ran a, a, a good campaign. Now, policy-wise, I, I didn't agree with it, but of course. Uh, <laughs> no, exactly. And yeah. he did that seven years ago, so today yeah. is even more of an opportunity. Absolutely. Um, David, your web your your actual uh campaign website, uh you wanna list that off? Yes, it's vote V O G T for Congress dot com. Um and then, good. And then
2: you can find me, David Vote on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you should be able to find me the same. And then we've also, you know, of course, have the site that's exposing Congressman Delaney.
1: Yeah, Delaney for governor two thousand eighteen. Dot com, which is brilliant. <laughs> Troll level a thousand. Uh it gets people uh engaged and to understand that uh Delaney is looks like he's running for another office and it's not Congress. He's starting his gubernatorial campaign two years in advance against Governor Hogan. And I say any candidate who runs against Governor Hogan, good luck. Good luck because this guy is he's on fire. He's popular. Um so David, uh, thank you for all that you're doing down in Annapolis. Uh, it takes a lot of work to, to go through session. I know it's stressful and tiring and on top of that, you're running the congressional campaign, but you have good staff in there. Uh, you know, I look forward to seeing you this weekend and Garrett County. And I, I just want to thank you. I know you're busy with session. And I just want to thank you for the hour of your time tonight.
2: Absolutely. Always a pleasure.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, um, Anybody that's listening this weekend, there's a debate at Garrett County, at Garrett College, in room 205 uh, this Saturday at 10 a.m. Come on out for coffee and donuts, and then the debate is from 10.30 until uh, 12.30. So with that, my name is Ryan Miner. This is a minor Detail. Have a great evening. Good night.